Thank you so much to the band. Um, thank you, Armand, for leading and for preparing so well. For those of you that don't know, um, Armand is Kent Clark's uh, nephew, so, Christian Stanfield. Welcome to each one of you from my side. My name is Rudo, and I'm part of the eldership pastor in this congregation for many years, and it's such a privilege to serve in this family and, you know, to be part of this family, um, a global family, you know, it's not just, it's not just us here in Pretoria and we try to, to, um, to, to come together. We are a global family of, of churches and, you know, we move in the same direction, honoring God, making disciples, planting churches, and we see how God is moving in the nations. And I love being part of this family. We have the World Conference coming next year to South Africa again. For those of you that didn't know, um, a few years back in 2016, we had the, 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 the World Conference in Cape Town as well, and it's going to be in Cape Town again. We took a bus of 80 people, a bus, and we drove through the night. Um, anyone excited about that? No? Okay. Was there anyone that was on that bus here tonight? Oh, yes, few, few of you. Um, so we're going to do it again. Yes, seven. Okay. This time we're going to fly. <laughs> All right, no, great. Um, if you're visiting us tonight, welcome to you. It's, uh, it's great to have you with us. If you've been visiting us for a, for a while, I almost feel like giving you a family update, um, but I'm not going to do that. <laughs> So we're busy with a, with a sermon series, a relationship sermon series. And it's not a, you know, the typical dating sermon series where we tell you how far is not, you know, that's too far, don't go that far, um, or giving you principles in marriage. It's a, it's a, it's a relationship where we, we speak about relationships in life. You have so many relationships. You have relationships with with the people at work, you have relationships with, um, with your parents, with your siblings, you have a, maybe a dating relationship, you have a spouse, there's so many relationships that we go through, and there's, there's a certain plan that God has called us, you know, as Christians, that God has called us to be, how we should act, how we should respond in relationships, and so we're busy um, speaking about these topics, these um, uh, topics over the last few weeks, and so Donnie started with God's perfect plan for relationships from Genesis 2, verse 5 to 18, and last week he also spoke about the longings every human heart has. You know, we are made, we were created with certain longings, and so God created us that way, and if those longings are not fulfilled, we go and look for it at certain places, or we find ourselves at difficult places in relationships. And that's the topic for tonight. Growing through tough times in relationships. Growing through tough times in relationships. To almost feel a refresh. I, I went um, hiking uh, the other week with a friend, only the two of us. Uh, it wasn't weird at all. Um, but, uh, but it was incredible. Uh, the first time I went to a hike in the, Wat in the Waterberger, what's it in English? Water mountains. Doesn't sound <laughs> the Waterberg near the Waterberger, okay? 
And it's bush. It's, it's full-on bush fell. And, um, and one stage, the, the, the hiking trail said we're going to walk on the escarpment of the, of the mountain. But then for some reason, the route went into the valley. And we went for, for, for quite a, a long distance. We walked in this valley, and you couldn't see any, anything. And at one stage, when we turned the corner, it was like, you know, it was just, just a view that, that I can't explain to you. And at that stage, the sun was setting, and I, and I had my best friend, and it wasn't my wife. Um, so that was a bit weird. <laughs> but doesn't that sometimes, you know, doesn't that sometimes feel the way when we go through difficult times in relationships, like it's supposed to be this thing that, where we feel joy and and we, we, you know, we, we get energy from, but then there's those times where we, it just takes energy from us. And we feel sad and our hearts are sore. And so those moments, we all go through that. And so I want to ask this question. Who of you don't have to raise your hand. Have they ever experienced going through a difficult time in relationships? Maybe many of you. Is there any one of you that are going through a difficult time in relationships right now? Maybe some of you fighting with a, with a sibling, a parent, a breakup, um, maybe experiencing a divorce. You know, many of us go through these things and you, and you ask questions and you don't know how or why or how does the road, what should I do, what is my role? So we're going to look at this tonight. And so I just want to pray for us as we get into this. Holy Spirit, I pray that I pray that you will come in this place right now, that you will convict our hearts. May you speak with us. May you take us to those moments where we had difficulty. May you help us to forgive. May you help us to to understand, maybe, Lord. May you help us to find counsel. May you be the one that leads us and guides us, that gives us the energy, the strength, Lord, to do this. We can only rely on you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Ask your neighbor, are you comfortable? Tell your other neighbor, it's about to get hot. I promise you, I sit, I sit there the, here this morning and I was shaking uh, of the cold, and, and when I told the story to my wife, she said, Ah, you're lying. I said, No, really, I was shaking in church. She, said, she did not want to believe me. I, I don't tell lies like I was shaking this morning. So, if there's some of you that, that are really that cold, um, ask your neighbor to move a little closer, but it, it is about to get hot. We're going to have a good time. If you have your Bible, you can take it out. Uh, we're going to read together in the book of Genesis. And so in this sermon series, we've been taking certain stories and narratives and principles from the book of Genesis and apply it to the, the sermon. And so um, I'm really excited about this, this story. I've been praying into this sermon for, for some weeks. I don't normally have the, the luxury to have a long time before I preach. And it's, it's really, I enjoy it, you know, to have time to pray into, into the Word. And, and I'm excited about this Word because I think... We can learn so much from this story, and it's the story of Joseph. It's the story of Joseph and his 11 brothers. And so you can turn to Genesis chapter 37. If you're looking for Genesis, it's the first book of the Bible. 
you can't miss it, all right? Um, so we're going to read from Genesis 37, verse 1. So if you, if you get lost, just, just follow me there, and you can find it again in your Bible. I've, I've summarized, I've highlighted, I've, so we're going to go through certain parts quite fast, and then we're going to pause a little bit, so just stick with me, right? Genesis 37, verse 1, it says, Jacob lived in the land of Canaan. There are, these are the generations of Jacob, and then it says Joseph. It's like, okay, just Joseph. No, there's 11 other, okay? So we're not going to go into their story. It says, these are the generations of jo- Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old, was pasturing the flock with his brothers. So he was 17 years old. Is there anyone that's 17? Anyone? Okay, so we don't have a 17-year-old. Okay. Can you just for a moment go back to the time when you were 17 and just remember it's, you know, it's tiener, yes, full-on teenager, okay, and, uh, and there's certain things that you like and there's certain things that you dislike and you remember, okay, so Joseph at this stage is a teenager and he's pasturing the flock, so he's a shepherd probably. Now Israel, which is Jacob, Loved Joseph more than any other of his sons. If you have a highlighter, highlight that. Because he was the son of his old age. He had 11 other sons. Okay, he loved Joseph more. Verse 4. When his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peacefully to him. There it started. Now Joseph had a dream, and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him even more, and his brothers were jealous of him. Okay, so that's verse 11. And his brothers were jealous of him. Let's go to verse 12. Let's continue. hope you picked up things like they hated him. They were jealous of him. Can you pick that up? I want you to see this. Verse 12, it says, Now his brothers went to pasture their father's flock. And Israel said to Joseph, Are not your brothers pasturing the flock at Shechem? Come, I will send you to them. So he said to him, Go now, see if it is well with your brothers and with the flock, and bring me word. And so let's jump to, to, to verse 17. So Joseph went after his brothers and found them at Dothan. Now, look at the next three verses. Verse 18, 19, and 20. They saw Joseph from afar, and before he came near to them, they conspired against him to kill him. They said to one another, they, they, they gathered these brothers, they came together and they said, okay, do you see there? He's coming. Let's kill him. Of all the things they could have said, they said, let's kill him. That's quite extreme. They said to one another, here comes the dreamer. Come now, let us kill him and throw him into one of the pits. Then we will say that a fierce animal has devoured him. Sounds terrible. And we will see what will become of his dreams. Wow. Right, let's jump to verse 22. Reuben said to them, Reuben is the oldest brother, so at least we have some sanity in the room. Okay, so Reuben said to them, shed no blood, throw him, into this, throw him into this pit here in the wilderness, but do not lay a hand on him, that he might rescue him out of their hand to restore him to his father. So when Joseph, 
um, came to his brothers, they stripped him of his robe, the robe of many colors that he wore. Then they took him and threw him into a pit. The pit was empty and there was no water in it. Verse 25. Then they sat down to eat. It's almost like saying, okay, <laughs> nice. We did, we did good. Let's eat. Joseph is there in the pit. There's no water. He's going to die probably there. We did good. Let's eat. What a way to handle the conflict. Okay. And looking up, they saw a caravan of Ishmaelites coming from Gilead and their, and their camels bearing gum, balm, and myrrh on their way to carry it down to Egypt. Verse 26. Then Judah, okay, Judah was the fourth eldest brother, so a little bit, and also a little bit of sanity, said to his brothers, What profit is it if we kill our brother and conceal his blood? Come, let us sell him. Okay, not a good idea. It's like, no, no, Judah, come back, 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 back. No. Okay, so Judah says, come, let us sell him to the Ishmaelites and let not our hand be upon him. For he is our brother at least, you know, our own flesh. And his brothers listened to him up to there. Isn't that sometimes how we feel in going through a tough times in relationships, you know? But beaten up. They took him. They shook him. They stripped him off, him off of his clothes. They threw him. They sold him. They wanted to kill him. You know, that's sometimes when we go through tough times in relationships, you know, we feel, yeah, it's not nice. Can you imagine how, how Joseph must have felt in this moment? These were his blood brothers. Stripping him, beating him, throwing him around, wanting to kill him, selling him. Like he's a piece of, of mirror or gum or balm. That's why it's so specific what the word is saying that they were carrying. And these guys buying him just, you know, like another something to go and be a servant in Egypt. And so, so the story went on and they, the, these Ishmaelites, they, they bought him and then they sold him again in Egypt and he became a servant in Potiphar's house. And so there's three principles that I want to share with you how to grow through difficult times in relationships. Three principles. It's to seek, seek to understand, seek to forgive, seek counsel. Seek to understand, seek to forgive, seek counsel. If we speak about understanding in relationship, if we need to seek to understand, you know what? What, what are we saying? If we look at this story, we have to understand what or who the real enemy is. Verse 4 says, they hated him and could not speak peacefully to him. Verse 11 says, and his brothers were jealous of him. Can you see those, those words? They hated him. They were jealous of him. Do you think these brothers were real enemies of each other? Like maybe if we, if we take real enemies in the world, like, I don't know, Obama and Osama bin Laden. It's like real enemies. They want to 
these are nations fighting against one another. They want to, you know, there's real scrap. There's, and even that can be resolved. But these are brothers. They are blood brothers. Do you think they are enemies? I love my brother. He's my brother. And they're saying, let's kill him. And so for a moment, they, they took their eyes off who the real enemy was, and they took it for real face value. That's many times what we do in relationships when we go through a tough time is, is you are my enemy. We are playing this game against one another. And so me and Michelle has got this thing in our marriage where we had, we had to learn that we are not playing. I, long ago, I got this picture of we were going through a tough thing. I can't even remember, but it was backwards and forwards, and it was just, oh, right? And, and God showed me this picture of a, of a tennis court, playing tennis. And where in, in one moment, I was playing this game against Michelle. And then God took her and put her right next to me and said, you're not playing this game against her, you're playing with her. And, and many times that's what we do when we're going through difficulties. We, we, we play, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to beat you. I'm going to win this fight. Who is the real enemy? Thinking about your work colleagues, a mother, your father, tough things you have to go through. I'm going to win this argument. God is saying, you are not the, that's not the real enemy. The enemy is jealousy. The enemy is hate. That is the enemy. When strife, conflict, and hate, jealousy, abuse, many times abuse enter relationships, we act as if we are one another's enemies. We're not each other's enemies, the devil are devil is. And so we can give into his schemes and plans, giving him access and legal right, listen to this, to influence our, our lives by acting according to the flesh instead of according to the spirit. What are you saying, Rudo? If you have your Bible, I didn't put this up. But if you have your Bible, turn to Galatians 5. Turn to Galatians 5, listen to the scripture. This is many times what we do in relationships. It says in Galatians 5 verse 19, if you don't have your, your Bible with you, just check with your friend, your neighbor. Feel that heat. It says, verse 19, Now the works of the flesh are evident, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, you see that, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like this. Listen to what Paul is saying. I warn you. As I've warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. These are the works of the flesh. If we are in the flesh and we, do, we are like this in our relationship, it will not go well. We will go through difficult times because then there's jealousy. Then there's strifes. There's fits of anger. And God is saying, I've warned you like I've warned you before. Don't do this. And then he goes on and he says, 
But the fruit of the Spirit is what? It's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. God's calling and plan for our lives and our relationships are there to prosper and to bless us. It is for us to, to love one another and to feel joy and to have patience with one another, to have kindness towards one another, to seek to understand what is the real enemy. Is the enemy jealousy? Because if it's that, tell me about it. Help me to understand We have to try to understand conflict. Conflict is part of normal life and relationships, and it will never disappear or grow away. <sighs> conflict. Who loves conflict? No one. Neither do I. I hate it. Me and Michelle did four years of dating in one year because of conflict. It was terrible. We almost broke up. I think I many times broke up with her in my head, <laughs> in my bed, like a pansy. I'm leaving you now. I hate conflict. But do we understand conflict or do we just avoid it? Listen to how they handled these brothers handled conflict. They saw him from afar and before he came near to them, they conspired against him to kill him. This is how they handled the conflict. They conspired with one another to kill him. Instead of coming together and say, brothers, do you also see the disrespect that Joseph is showing towards us? Can we put him down because we are all of us are older than him? Let's have a conversation with him. Let's try to understand what's going on in Joseph's head because at the moment he is frustrating and irritating me. At, the, at that stage, that's not what they did. They said, let's kill him. Can you see how they handled the conflict, the, 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 the things that they felt inside of them? They did not handle it well. And so that's many times what we do when we go through, through, through difficult times in, in relationships. We avoid it. We deny it. We blaze, blame something else. <laughs> so they, they tried to kill him. They threw him. They stripped him. They didn't handle this conflict very well, and so they reacted. There's a difference between reaction and to respond. And many times when we go through conflict, we react. Reaction is when you say or do something without thinking. It's just what it is. You don't think. You just do. It doesn't take, you don't take into consideration long-term effects. It's a way of defending yourself. It's a defense mechanism. And often a... a a reaction is something that you regret later. I shouldn't have said that. shouldn't have acted that way. What is a response? A response, on the other hand, takes into consideration the well-being of not only you, but those around you, and it usually comes more slowly. You take a moment and you say, all right, I see everything. Give me a moment to think, to pray. The long-term effects are taken into consideration and it stays in line with godly values and principles. Joseph brothers handled the conflict they felt 
from reacting. They reacted to their fathers saying that he loves him more. They reacted to that and they felt jealous and they wanted to kill him. Can you see that? The goal of conflict is not necessarily to solve or to fix everything, you know, all the issues. We're just going to solve it. No, it is to listen to one another. Let me hear your story. Let me understand. Understand the causes of conflict. We have to understand the causes of conflict. We speak about understanding in difficult times. We have to understand, you know, why does this person feel this way? They had jealousy and they had hate, yes. But there's a reason why they had it even more. Even that that hate came from somewhere, hearing that their father was saying, verse 4, his brothers saw that their father loved him more. They saw from his actions that, that Israel, Jacob, loved Joseph more than them. So they felt this hate. Did you know that blaming... Denying and control is the most popular defense mechanisms in the world. We blame, we deny. It wasn't me. It was that person. We control. Listen to the story. Someone told me this story the other day. Um, it's a colleague. It was the, 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 the CEO of the company. And he had this certain insecurity and his insecurity was, was his weight. He was overweight. But he was, the, he was the CEO. And so because he was overweight, he could not put his shirt, he could not tuck his shirt in. It's crazy. Listen to this. Control. Listen to what control does. He made a rule in his company that none of his employees may tuck in their shirts. They cannot come to work with their shirts tucked in. It sounds crazy, but that's what's what's happening in the world. Insecurities, friends. We control one another. We blame one another. We deny. Causes of conflict, dishonesty. Ephesians 4 verse 15 says, Speak the truth. Do not lie. Speak the truth in love. We have disrespect. Many times we have financial challenges, frustration, hurt. Pornography is causes of conflict in relationship. Selfishness, defensiveness, abuse. How much, how much destruction does abuse bring in relationships at the moment? Verbal abuse, physical abuse. Can you relate to this, to some of these things? And many more causes for conflict. This is not just the only ones. But conflict is unavoidable in relationships. I want you to hear this. The question is, how far are you willing to understand? How far are you willing to understand? Or are we just going to avoid it? Or blame or deny Seek to understand. Second point is seek to forgive or to repent. Seek to forgive or sometimes we need to say sorry. 
Look at Joseph's reaction to his brother's actions in Genesis 37. None. You won't find a reaction. No reactions from Joseph. If we skip a few chapters, he's now in, in Egypt. He was in prison. He did a few things, a, a few hard miles. At the age of 30, Joseph became king or second in charge of Egypt. And then what happened? It's almost, I want you to go and read the story. It's incredible from verse 37 to chapter, uh, chapter 37 to chapter 45. It's almost like the story is building up to this climax in chapter 45 where his brothers came back begging for food and they did not realize that Joseph is now the king. And so Genesis 45 verse 4 says, So Joseph said to his brothers, They have threw him. They have sold him. They have did all these things. He had, up to that point, he was at about 40 years at that point where he saw his brothers again for the first time. So you can imagine about 23 years of, of vengeance and all of these things that went through his through his mind and his soul, what will he do if he ever would see his brothers again? And at that point, his brothers was in front of him. In Genesis 45, it says, So Joseph said to his brothers, Come near to me, please. And they came near. And he said, I am your brother Joseph, whom you sold in Egypt. If we skip to chapter 2, verse 14, he says, Then he fell upon his brother Benjamin's neck and wept. And Benjamin wept upon his neck. And he kissed all his brothers and wept upon them. After that, his brothers talked with him. And so I can just Im imagine, because he sent out all his servants in the room as well, I can just imagine an amazing moment of brothers reconciling to one another, forgiving one another, saying, I'm sorry for that. That shouldn't have happened. Can you imagine that moment after 23 years, these brothers coming together, realizing their mistakes and saying, oh, we are sorry. Forgiveness is God's desire for our lives. Ephesians 4 verse 3 says, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Nothing that man can present to God by way of sacrifice can ever purchase the blessing of forgiveness. Spurgeon said that. God's desire is that we forgive like He does. He is not a selective forgiver because through the finished work of Christ, what happened? God, God is fully ready to forgive anyone that comes to Him in humility, repenting. And so if God can forgive that way, we can forgive that way. The question is, will we forgive selectively or, or as God is forgiving? The last point I want to share with you, principle, if we go through tough times, is to seek counsel, to seek help. If we, there, there's, a, there's a part in the story where, where um, the, there was a famine. That's why the brothers needed to go to Egypt to go and find food. And so... If they didn't do that, they probably would have died. Like Jacob said to his 
to his sons, go to Egypt, I've heard there's food. So go there and find help. Go there and get food, because if we're not going to do that, we're probably going to die. And that was where they found their greatest blessing. That is where they went back and they found Joseph. And they weren't even charged for the food that, they, that he gave them. Genesis 45 says, Joseph said to his brothers, I will provide for you, for there are yet five years of famine to come, so that you and your household and all that you have do not come to poverty. Sometimes we have to come to a place where we say, I can't anymore. Help. Find counsel. Proverbs, this is one of my most favorite scriptures in, in the Bible. Proverbs 11 verse 14, where there is no guidance, a people falls. But in an abundance of counselors, there is safety. One day you will also marry, get married. Or maybe you're already married. And you will go through tough times, find counsel. Don't try and figure everything out by yourself. Get help. Someday you will, some of you will have children, ask Jock. You don't know everything about parenting. There's not a handbook for parenting. You will need help. Leave your pride. Leave your arrogance. Put it behind you and say, help me. I don't know how to handle the situation. Help me. Counsel me. Give me wise counsel. And so, as we go through relationships, as we go through tough times, may we seek to, to, to forgive one another. May we seek to understand. May we seek counsel. I want to pray for us. And you can, uh, you can put the lights off. Um, thanks, Brendan. Um, I want to pray for us. God has forgiven us for everything through His Son, Jesus, who died on the cross. And therefore, we can tonight, we can tonight, we can tonight be set free. We can say, I'm sorry. We can forgive people. We can set people free. We can ask for help. We can understand certain um, situations and endure because Jesus did it already. Mm -hmm.